Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hello, America, and happy Friday. I know I had a great show planned for you today. I, I did. I spent all Thursday and Friday working on it. And then a few minutes ago, the ground shook. A major change in the Hunter Biden investigation. Merrick Garland walked out at a little bit past noon, uh, about 12, 17 p.m. Eastern time exactly, and announced that he was taking David Weiss, the Delaware U.S. attorney who gave that sweetheart deal to Hunter Biden, and upgrading him to a special counsel, something that the IRS agents claimed had been planned all along and he had been turned down for it. Now, obviously, there's a big dispute over that. It doesn't matter now. It's clear that those IRS whistleblowers, those FBI whistleblowers, the revelations from James Comer, the revelations from Just the News, the revelations from Chuck Grassley and Jim Jordan have had a profound effect on the Justice Department. It's done something it should have done back when Bill Barr was the attorney general. Name a special prosecutor to oversee the investigation of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, because Joe Biden is clearly part of the Hunter Biden brand, as Devin Archer, as the records show, the timing of money, the laundering of potential money, the rewarding of business partners, the possibility that U.S. policy was impacted in Ukraine or China or somewhere else. It's an issue that someone independent of the special prosecutor should do. But in this case, we're going to pick someone who's already been on the case for three years. A lot of people think is sleepy and gave Hunter Biden a deal. Now, Republicans are calling this a cover up. Jim Jordan and Chuck Grassley and James Comer almost immediately. And tonight on the TV show, they're all going to be on the show. So tune in at six o'clock Eastern time on Real America's Voice. You'll get to see that. But before that, I want to walk through some of the things that are odd about it and also some of the things that are impactful no matter where you fall on the concerns. First, it's very important to realize that for everyday Americans, people who haven't followed the case like you because you're such great informed listeners, the appointment of a special counsel sends a very strong signal in the court of public opinion. They're going to say, well, wait a second, Joe Biden and everyone told me there was nothing here. Now we need a special prosecutor. So this is going to have an effect on the body politic, on everyday Americans who aren't going to read every story I write or listen to every James Comer hearing or read every Jim Jordan oversight hearing. People are going to say, uh-oh, I was told there was no problem here. There must be a problem now. Even Joe Biden's attorney general has it. So in a political sense, this is a lightning bolt moment. Americans, average Americans are going to say, hey, 
there's some fire here now. There, there was smoke. Now there's fire. Uh, and that's going to be a problem for Joe Biden, who for three years, four years, really, maintained a story sustained by his uh, the social media censors and the lamestream media or legacy media's bad reporting that there was nothing here. Now, most Americans go, uh-oh, there's something here, here. And that you can't underestimate the political impact of that. All of us Hunter Biden junkies aside, because we know a lot more about Hunter Biden, right? And we know there's some underside to this appointment that isn't good. Most average Americans go, this is serious stuff. My president told me there was nothing here. That's why I voted for him in 2020. And now, now I find out there might be something there. Enough that his own Justice Department wants a special prosecutor. So that's the first phase. The second phase is Hunter Biden's legal jeopardy just went up by a lot. Special prosecutors don't make plea bargain deals. They go for big investigative findings and they like to do big prosecutions. And so, yeah, David Weiss gave an incredibly good deal to Hunter Biden. Ten years of tax evasion. He gets off on two misdemeanors, clear felony on a gun. His own book proves that he lied on his gun application and he doesn't get that can be nollied away if he's good for two years. That is a great deal. Now, his lawyers are good. Abby Law is a very good lawyer. All of that is off the table. And that is, to appreciate that, the gun charge is not going to disappear now. Also, the cases are going to move to Los Angeles in Washington. That means he's going to have to defend himself in two different courtrooms. And it now allows the prosecutors who took a pass, allowed the statute of limitations to expire on the earlier criminal charges, those alleging that he didn't pay his taxes on his Burisma money in Ukraine from 2014, they can now go to Washington, D.C. in Los Angeles and bring a conspiracy case that Hunter Biden's failure to pay taxes in 17 and 18 was an ongoing conspiracy that dates to at least 2014. And now a conspiracy charge brings much more heavy metal, much more heavy charges for Hunter Biden. Now, they can do it. The sets that in motion. It's the sort of thing that a special counsel typically does after a plea deal falls apart. So legal jeopardy and the potential of prison time for Hunter Biden goes up in this deal. Now, all of that said, we have all of the things that James Comer, Jim Jordan and Chuck Grassi and others said, which is this guy's the wrong guy. He had it for three, four years. He kept the American public in the dark about Joe Biden and the bribery allegation on the FD 1023 forum. He let the statute of limitations expire. He was in a significant way looking for the deal that not even the judge felt met the law. That's why the judge ultimately scuttled the deal last month, right? Okay, I get that. I understand those are all definitely true things. The real truth, and I think that for people that don't understand this, the Justice Department and the FBI on Bill Barr's watch had glaring evidence of criminality involving more than Hunter Biden, Biden, the whole Biden family and their ventures. And even though we were told by Bill Barr this was good and Weiss could do a good job and that everybody had the full authority, this investigation was slow walked. And as you saw from the IRS whistleblowers and the FBI whistleblowers, their hands were tied behind their back, maybe even one leg. They were hopping on one foot. This is all being exposed now. And the dynamic that David Weiss is going to have to deal with is you are going to continue covering this up. And I suspect the way bureaucrats think and the way bureaucrats work, he is going to try to show the opposite, that he really was a tough guy. He was trying to show mercy. Now, no more mercy. 
And I think one of the dynamics that Republicans ought to be open to, I don't think it's going to, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but one possibility is that David Weiss, knowing that his bacon's on the line, knowing he's going to be hauled before the Judiciary Committee, and he's going to be compelled to answer questions, that he's going to play the tough guy now, and that things are going to get a little bit tougher in the Biden. That's a possibility. It's not a guarantee. It could also be, hey, this is a continuation of the, let's treat good old Hunter Biden with a little bit more love. Let's let's feel sorry for him. Let's give him another sweetheart deal. Let's shrink the case down. Oh, Washington and L.A. juries will never convict him. I actually think Washington and L.A. people are going to think, what a tax cheat. If you really tell me what this guy's about, trading on his father's name, not paying the taxes, I actually think the juries are not going to be that favorably disposed to a crackhead tax cheat. I really don't. But the real opportunity is to watch the next few weeks. Is there a superseding indictment? Is there going to be an addition of charges like Foreign Agent Registration Act, which I'm told there's on the table, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act? Those are all things that potentially could be on the table now. Does David Weiss turn on all the guns that he had turned off for the longest time? Because now his reputation's on the line. And also, Hunter Biden basically gave a middle finger, his legal team, to this plea deal, which was a really good plea deal. I mean, Hunter Biden made out like a bandit. These are dynamics that I think we have to watch. I think the natural reaction of, oh, it's a cover-up. I actually think there might be something more complicated than just a simple cover-up. Now, the last question is the most important question, because I've been watching Republicans over the last four hours since this came out saying, oh, my God, we now are not going to get anything. They're just going to say, ongoing investigation can't help you. Ongoing investigation can't help you. I want to remind the Republicans that are now the committee chair of the recent history that they sat on the sidelines for, the January 6th committee. The January 6th committee was not an impeachment committee. It was a traditional investigative committee. And it won numerous court rulings in the District of Columbia that enforced Congress's ability to get evidence, even though the Justice Department had a parallel criminal investigation. They were able to pierce attorney-client privilege. They were able to get tax records. They were able to get all these other records. If Republicans say, oh, we're just not going to be able to get anything more, they're lying to the American public. The precedent of the January 6th committee gives Jim Jordan, James Comer, and any other majority committee in the House the ability to go get anything they want. And if justice says, oh, you're going to compromise our investigation, say, too bad. You didn't use that excuse for the January 6th committee. You're not using it for us. And the courts are going to have a precedent that they're going to have to enforce. So Comer and Jordan should have an incredible run if they want to run a parallel investigation. I am floored that these committees have not subpoenaed Devin Archer's documents. I put those on the radar seven, eight weeks ago. They still haven't subpoenaed them. I am floored that they haven't gotten Joe Biden's phone records. I'm floored that they haven't gotten Hunter Biden's phone records. It's very easy to figure out if Joe Biden or Devin Archer has it wrong. Are there phone calls from Hunter Biden when he's overseas to his dad? How hard is that to figure out? Are there payments that go from Hunter Biden's bank accounts to his dad around the time of home purchases, around the time of bills, around the time of phone bills being paid. Those are very important things. And uh, Republicans could have done this long ago, and they still can do it now. There is no prohibition on dropping a subpoena on the banks, on all of these things, and escalating to get the sort of result they want. If Republicans start making excuses, they're not telling you the American people. Trump. I don't think that's going to happen. And we're going to have a good test. If you tune in tonight on Real America's Voice, 6 o'clock, James Comer has agreed to come. He's on vacation. He's still going to come on. I think that's great. We're going to ask him these hard questions. These are the questions that I think 
need to be answered. And I can't wait for that to happen. And, you know, we're going to get a signal quickly. Either Republicans are real and they're going to follow the path that was emblazoned by Democrats on January 6th, all that precedent. If they don't and they curl up and they get all weak need, then it isn't Merrick Garland or David Weiss or the Justice Department's problem. It's the Republicans in problem. They didn't exercise the power they've been given. By the I think it's going to be the opposite. I actually think Weiss is going to come down harder on Hunter Biden based on my reporting today. It's based on reporting, that's opposition. And I also think that Comer and Jordan are going to slingshot faster and quicker now to get the answers about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden that we have been denied for the last four years. I'm going to leave her that. Now, because this just broke, I'm going to turn to the program I originally had, which is Devin Nunes is going to join us at the top of the hour after we speak to James Comer. My earlier interview with Comer, this interview was Wednesday night before this thing. But James Comer told me some really important things about Hunter Biden. I want you to hear that. We'll follow up tomorrow with the second interview. So you have that. Then Devin Nunes is going to come on. Some big developments with Truth Social, a major merger. And I want to talk about all that cancel culture that we're able to reverse. I think that's a very important development that a lot of people haven't thought about today. And then we will finish up with a really important interview with Eric Pratt the Gun Owners of America. A lot of big gun cases have happened this week, and I want you to see them all. One of them was today. Illinois Supreme Court upheld their gun ban. I bet that gets to the federal courts pretty quickly. All right, folks, when we come back, we're going to start off with James Comer, followed by Devin Nunes, and finishing it with Eric Pratt right after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. 
Welcome back, everybody. Ever since we launched this show more than a year and a half ago, we have been getting to the bottom of the filthy acts of corruption perpetrated by the Biden family, spanning back to Joe's time as vice president. And with great thanks to the House Oversight Committee and John Solomon's investigative work, we have learned that there have been more than $20 million traced from the Russians, Chinese, Ukrainians, Romanians, amongst other amongst other corrupt foreign figures and tied directly to Biden-owned entities. Kentucky Congressman James Comer joins us by phone to talk about the latest revelations. Right now, Congressman, welcome back to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Sarah, I wanted to ask you, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of what you put out today, but there seems to be this overarching theme, whether it's messaging coming from the White House or uh, Jamie Raskin saying that it doesn't involve Joe Biden or Dan Goldman saying that they were just selling the illusion of, of you know, access to the Biden brand. The messaging from the left seems to be that it's all indirect. But there's at least one statute that I think applies here. 18 U.S.C. 201 section B3 and 4 that talks about this influence and this type of scheme. And it talks about how it can be direct or indirect. So the payments don't necessarily have to be directly to Joe Biden for this to be a crime. Well, I mean, I think most Americans would agree that uh, what the Bidens have been doing is very wrong. If it's not illegal than shame on Congress for, for not making it illegal. I guess our founding fathers just assumed that we would elect good people to the highest offices and they wouldn't sell out America to our adversaries around the world. But unfortunately, Joe Biden's come along and it's clearly a pay to play scheme involving his family. But what we've learned with the Devin Archer testimony is that Joe Biden communicated with these people. He had dinner with them. He spoke on the phone with them. He knew darn well what was going on, and he was part of the scheme. Yes, sir, you have put together with this memo today, I think the most devastating portrait yet of the timing events. And timing matters from uh, a business perspective for Hunter Biden. He's trying to close deals, and Joe Biden is that lure, that, that dinner hall that is going to help him get there. I just want to take one, Yelena Baderina. February 2014, she drops $3.5 million into a bank account where the wealthiest woman in Russia, her husband, a controversial figure, former mayor of Moscow, considered corrupt by the U.S. State Department, certainly by the ambassador at the time. Uh, and, and then the next month, they're talking about another real estate deal in Chelsea and Hunter Biden's being briefed on it. Hey, she's in. She's approved doing this deal. And then, boom, there she is in Washington sitting with dinner with uh, Joe Biden. That pattern is uh, repeated with a, a Kazakh businessman, clearly Ukraine. The timing of the solicitation of business and the opportunity to hang out with Joe Biden, does that raise deep concerns for you? It's a huge concern. Everything timed out with these payments. Joe Biden was always within range. Uh, what I mean, John, is days after he left Romania talking about foreign policy, right. his family mysteriously started receiving wires from corrupt foreign nationals into their shell accounts. Just like with Russia, days after they wired money, Joe Biden appears and has dinner with them. What we've learned in the last 30 days is what we suspected all along, that every single person that wired the Bidens excessive amounts of money from around the world had some type of communication with Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the brand. That's what Devin Archer testified under oath. Joe Biden is the brand and his family was selling the brand. Now, I don't think any hardworking, taxpaying American would approve of the fact that 
not only was the President of the United States peddling his rear end to our adversaries around the world through his family, but then the family wasn't paying taxes on the money, according to the IRS whistleblower. So, I mean, there have been so many crimes committed by the Biden family. But at the end of the day, this investigation has always been about Joe Biden. And every single day, Joe Biden has more guilt associated with his name, uh, with his family's shady business dealings. Congressman, you mentioned something a moment ago that piqued my interest with respect to members of Congress. And if only we could stop this before it happens. And you have done such an incredible job of investigating, picking this apart, road mapping everything that happened, following the money trails, following the emails. But we can't do that for every Tom, Dick and Harry in Congress who may have done this to some degree. Is there a legislative uh, remedy that can be imposed ahead of time so that this doesn't happen in the future? Well, that's always been the ultimate goal of this investigation, to have a legislative solution. You know, some of the defenders in the media uh, of Joe Biden are saying, well, influence peddling was a cottage industry in, in Washington. I mean, you know, maybe with Hillary Clinton, maybe with Joe Biden, but, you know, I hope and pray it's not as prevalent as some in the media would suggest. But at the end of the day, we're going to have a legislative fix that's going to increase the disclosure laws increase the ethics laws and prevent this from happening in the future. Right now, uh, this should have been caught years ago. Uh, This should have been caught by the Obama administration, what Joe Biden was doing. They had to know, especially when he went to Ukraine and withheld that foreign aid and, and was so adamantly involved in firing the prosecutor who was investigating his son's corrupt company. The Obama administration had to know about this. So, you know, this is something that in the end will be successful because we're going to prevent this from happening in the future. And that will be the ultimate uh, outcome, a good thing for the American people. They want to see fixes, not just the recriminations for this. It's good to hear that. Sir, you you mentioned the Obama administration, and it just seems implausible based on how I know how government works. We had a recent example we wrote about where Hillary Clinton gets a defensive briefing from the FBI about some foreign entity that was trying to infiltrate her campaign back in 2015. You've got a a Chinese guy, Patrick Ho, that's the target of a FISA warrant. You've got a Ukraine company that's corrupt, uh, knowingly corrupt, according to the State Department, paying bribes. You've got a Romanian guy convicted of corruption. He's also doing with Hunter Biden. Uh, This pattern of corrupt people around Hunter Biden paying him money. Have you found any evidence or are you being denied any evidence uh, of whether the FBI or the intelligence community ever warned the, uh, the Biden family that these should be people they should not be dealing with? John, we're being obstructed every step of the way. We're being obstructed by the Biden attorneys. We're being obstructed by the Democrats in Congress. But more concerning than anything, we're being obstructed by our federal government, by the Department of Justice, by the FBI, by the IRS, by the Treasury Cabinet, by the Secret Service. All these government agencies have knowledge of potential corruption by Joe Biden, yet they refuse to cooperate with us, or when they do, they give us a document that's so heavily redacted, it's almost a joke, and I just want to throw it back at their face. I mean, it's, it's been a frustrating investigation, but we're, we continue somehow to get more information, and we'll continue to move forward. Yeah, you've made a lot of progress. Yeah, I can't imagine having a protection racket that vast. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, because I I think it was back in May 
you had identified at least $10 million in payments. We're now up to over $21 million. Is that is that the ceiling? Is there more? What's next? There's more. Unfortunately, there's more. And, you know, I think working Americans, I know I've been home for two weeks traveling around two or three states. My boy plays travel baseball, so I've been to some other states, too, and people come up to me, and they, they get it. They know, look, this is not normal behavior for a family to receive millions of dollars from our enemies around the world and for their grandchildren to receive, to receive wires from foreign nationals and for the Bidens not to be able to say one single thing they did to earn the money. They know this smells, they know this is public corruption, and they want us to continue to get the answers and so they can have the truth. Yeah, that's all American people want now, the facts. They were denied the facts in 2020, but you're getting to them now, sir. Got about 30 seconds left. I just want to ask Patrick Ho. He seems like a very important figure in the China deal at the back end of all of these business deals. Are you hitting resistance there as well? Of course we are. And of all the countries that the Bidens took money from bad people, China's the worst. And this should be the biggest concern to our national security. So we're going to continue to press forward with Ho and all the other Chinese actors that were paying the Bidens. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC.us forward slash just news. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Earlier this week, if you're reading just the news, you would have saw a pretty big announcement. I don't think it got the attention that it deserves. So I wanted to revisit it. The True Social Platform, the Trump Media and Technology Group, announced that it is moving ahead with its plans to merge with a special acquisition corp known as DWAC, Digital World 
acquisition corp. And this is a big moment. There have been lots and lots of investors that put their money in with the hopes of supporting the true social platform, getting behind President Trump's free speech movement. And they've been on ice for a long time because of of some securities and exchange enforcement issues. We've been talking about them on this show. But I don't think this got the attention it deserves. This is a very important moment in the growth of a free speech platform whose behavior really is so different from all of the censorship behaviors that we've seen now exposed at Facebook, the Twitter before Elon Musk took over, and of course, many other platforms. I want to get us a, uh, an update right from the best person who could give it to us, the CEO of the Truth, uh, the Trump uh, techno- Media and Technology Group that runs Truth Social, our good friend, Devin Nunes. Congressman, good to have you back on the show. John, it's great to be with you. It is a very big piece of news because there's all these people with good intention and excitement about what President Trump's social media platform offered, which is a censorship-free platform. They've been waiting on the wings while all this SEC stuff was going on. SEC seems to have wrapped up its investigation of the acquisition corp. You guys are going full ahead. You're not changing course. You're going to double down and get this deal done, right? Well, John, it's, it is unprecedented. Uh, this this delay. Um, and, you know, look, we're excited about moving forward. Um, we think that we've been treated very, very unfairly. Um, and, you know, how do we get here, I think, is the, is the real question. So millions of Americans, not just Donald Trump, were booted off of basically every single social media platform. And many news organizations like yourself were either shadow banned or nobody could find your information. So this is something that for forever, when I was serving in Congress, the left and the fake news would say things like, well, if you guys don't like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, why don't you just go start your own platform? Ha, 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 ha. You know, like it was a big joke. Well, then, you know, Parler started uh, shortly after that. Rumble uh, came onto the scene and we had these two platforms between Parler and Rumble that were working. And then, you know, after uh, after January 6th, conveniently, Parler, which I still think is one of the worst things that's ever happened in this country, uh, was nuked by some two dozen companies that basically eliminated Parler off the battlefield. They would have done the same thing to Rumble, but Rumble quietly, uh, you know, they had they had been going since, I think, you know, 2013 or 14. They knew about the, the dangers of the big tech companies, so they built essentially all their own rails. And so they were able to stay up. They were the only platform that was up, uh, which is a rumble is a alternative to, to YouTube. So after, uh, after that all happened, um, president Trump, uh, you know, had no way to get his voice out as there was millions of Americans who couldn't get their voice out. So he, he set us a, a, a sale to create true social. Um, so that, you know, what we say is we're, our goal here is to open the Internet back up, keep it open so that the American people and people around the world uh, have their voices and have their voices heard. And so that's been very successful. You know, he called me. I left Congress to come and start this. Everything was going great. Um, had a merger to in order to become a public company. And conveniently, you know, his, how do you compete with an Amazon if you don't have access to the public capital markets? It's it's really, really difficult to to compete with the richest people in the world um, if you don't have access to to capital. And so that's been the so we've been trying to get this done. Um, Luckily, uh, you know, DWAC, 
Um, I think they've been treated very, very unfairly. Um, I think, you know, they have a lot of legal recourse there. But right now, I think we're all saying, look, by, let bygones be bygones. Let's move forward. Let's get this done. We, our company, True Social, we want to be treated just like every other company. I think DWAC wants the same thing. I think they're ready to move on. That's basically this merger agreement is designed to quickly move and quickly get this done. So, you know, Congress has a, you know, has opened an investigation uh, into this uh, where I think you've, you know, you've covered a lot of that. We, did. we had the Congress you know, the other day. Yeah. 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 So we're just hopeful that, that we're now, that this is quickly moved. We go through the process. It's a fast process and we get this done. That's, that's really what, um, you know, we, we hope it won't, will not take. I mean, typically uh, these deals should take anywhere from 60 to 90 days uh, from, from start to finish. And, you know, we would hope because the government, the SEC, the Biden administration, they've been sitting on this for, you know, well over a year now, a year and a half. We hope that uh, they will see that as, you know, as not fair to the people who have invested uh, into the SPAC, into DWAC, and it's definitely not fair to our private company. So we hope that this is expedited quickly under what is really unprecedented uh, unprecedented uh, history here, I think. I don't think there's anything like it in the history of the SEC where a company like ours and innocent uh, investors that just wanted to own stock in a public company have been treated this way. I think um, we, the congressman, when he came on recently, said that it was like three to four times longer than the average for all the other SPACs in the history of the SEC. Uh, well, we've seen this a, a few times before, obviously, uh, Trump or Trump-related projects getting treated differently than the rest of those in the, in, the, in the state. The good news here is if this were to go through, first, the investors who put their money up would get to see the performance that you know, having a merged company would create. It also gives some fuel for truth to keep expanding and doing what it's been doing there's been a lot of progress even while this has been on ice a lot of progress new features every day we see new capabilities there's the messaging there's the changes in the timeline bring us up to speed on all the things that truth now has that differentiates it from other parts i mean when i look at truth i say oh i get a little bit of instagram i got a little bit of twitter i got a little bit of unique trump stuff uh it's like a ginsu knife now and it's very different than i think what people expected it to be uh you know everyone was going to call it a a cheap Twitter knockoff. It's not. It's a much more robust thing. What are some of the big changes in the last couple of months that you're excited about? Well, yeah, I mean, I've had it, but it's a closed loop system, John. I think that's the main, that's the main point is that, that everybody, meaning that, that, that all the fake news, uh, they were out there saying, oh, you know, they'll never do it without Bill Gates and Microsoft and Bezos and Amazon. They can't do it. No, you know, no, they, they can't get any engineers. They're never going to work. Well, you know, we've blown that away. So with just, uh, you know, the initial capital that, that we raised, you know, privately um, was, was only to do R&D, just to get this thing built to show that it would work and to show that, that, that there was, that we could do it without these big tech companies. Well, we do all that. And, you know, lo and behold, this is the fastest growing social media company in history. You'll never hear the fake news talk about it, but especially, and then John, think about it. We, we've only used R&D money. We've only used the money to build out the platform. We have not spent any money on marketing this product. 
Now, granted, we have President Trump and millions of Americans who were banned on the other platform. So it was, you know, the, it's their home. And so that it kind of markets itself. But imagine if we just had a fraction, just a fraction of what, say, a Facebook or an Instagram or a Twitter of these that these companies had back in 2006 or 2010 when they, I think Instagram, I can't remember what year it started. You know, these guys had tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars just for marketing. John, we've had zero. We've had zero. So the whole idea here is, is that the financing mechanism to get us up and going uh, is, the, is using this SPAC. And so if we have access to that capital, now we go from just R&D, just building, uh, building out a, a solid platform to being able to go out and market it and to, you know, add other products. And I think that's, you know, that's coming down the line, but, you know, look, our, you know, what we like is we're, we're available globally. Now we're on all the platform, all you know, Android or Apple or, or just the, your home computer. Uh, we have, you know, the latest functionality we're, we're in version one of groups. So yes, we have kind of the Twitter, the news and information. Yes, we have, you know, we have video. Uh, yeah, you know, like, like, you know, it's kind of like Instagram. Uh, but you know, the other thing we have is groups. So people that are familiar with say Reddit or Facebook groups, we're only on version one of that. We're currently working on version two. You know, we think that version two will come out. So we'll have a, a, you know, a couple different feeds so that if you just want to look at your groups and what people are, are p- putting in your groups, you'll have a feed just for that versus just kind of your traditional feed. So, you know, for example, I have a wine group, as you know, John, I like wine. So, you know, it's fun. People go on there. They put a, a bottle of wine that they've had. People comment, comment on it. Uh, we, also, we also have a, one of my favorite groups is the Cook's Lounge. So people go in there. They put recipes. They put uh, different pictures of food. Um, and, and it's really a way for people that, that, you know, want to social network versus just see what John Solomon's posting on the latest and breaking story. Right now you can go on there and you go, you can, you can just go experience so much more uh, because of what, uh, you know, b- b- having this group feature and you, you can actually create, and this is, you know, I think over time, this will become more popular, but you can also create your own private group. So if you just have a group that you, you know, just for your family or just like your friend group, uh, you can create your own private group that just you and your friends can, can, can be part of and, you know, share pictures and things of that nature that'll stay private. It's, um, it's become a community. It's really clear to me. And, you know, we, I, I study our uh, analytics all day at Justin News because we live and die by the number of people that come in the audience. And you see these extraordinary opportunities where, you know, maybe we'll break a story here and then there's this great dialogue on truth. And then someone will come up with an angle that maybe was lower in my story or that we hadn't included yet, but they realize, hey, this connects to something else that we, and over the course of several hours, the discussion on truth just related to stories that we break on Just the News uh, evolves into learning and exploration and solutions. And you see this incredibly vibrant community. It, it's, um, you know, I've, I've said many times, it's now one of the largest sources of traffic to our tiny little news site in it, uh, but it's the evolution of story. If you do a really good piece of journalism or you have a really good piece of conversation, 
uh, you see it evolve. It doesn't last for, you know, 20 minutes like you get on your Twitter bump. There's a discussion and it goes on for five, six, seven hours. And I think what has been most interesting to watch for me is the evolution of this as a social media service to the uh, creation of a community of millions of people. Now it's, you know, it's six, seven, eight million people just from our own experience of engagement. Uh, how did that happen and why did it happen? Is, and is it because the other platform so constrained the ability to have a community or a conversation that people, you know, long for recreating what they used to have on social media? Well, I think it's a little bit of, of all the above, John. But the, the biggest reason is, is that if you're center right, uh, you've been and we know this, this is you've been shadow banned by the companies at will. I mean, the Democrats have had, you know, free reign. And, you know, when I say the Democrats, I mean, they run DOJ and FBI. I think that's abundantly clear now. Um, and, you know, we now know that that candidates for office were able to go in and say, we don't like this John Solomon story about what's happening in Arizona. Um, and, you know, I think and, I experienced that way, a couple that, times. <laughs> yeah. And, and that really that really happened. And it didn't just happen, you know, under, you know, it's been it's and it's been happening for many, many years. So, you know, after this 2016 election, Donald Trump really outsmarted them and used Facebook and other and, and social media to go above, around, beyond uh, anything that had ever been done. And that's what social media was supposed to be there for, where things can go viral. And guess what? In 2016, Donald Trump's campaign went viral. And Obama and Zuckerberg knew that after the fact. They got snuck up on the Clinton campaign. They got demolished. So even all the Russia hoaxes in the world could not fix what having an open platform uh, really could do for someone that wanted to go out there and mix it up with the people, do rallies, communicate a vision and a message. Well, after that happened, Obama with Zuckerberg, right before President Trump went in, said, we are going to end this. We're going to fight disinformation, misinformation. Remember all that? Well, they went wild and they started shadow banning people. And, you know, I was one of the first to realize that I was shadow banned on Twitter. You know, we now know with just the limited amount of what we've seen from the Twitter files, a limited amount of what Congress has uncovered is that if you're center right, uh, good luck. What they're doing is they're disappearing. you. They're offing you. It's like the mafia where, you know, you can it's like being locked up uh, inside a closet. Uh, even though you may have all the facts, you can yell as, as loud as you want and nobody's going to get it. And I think nobody's going to see it, which is essentially what you have now. Imagine uh, what's happened. Just the reporting that you've done, John, and a lot of people have done on, on Hunter Biden laptop from hell. Let's just call it that. So you've had all of these revelations, the, the Devin Archer testimony, all the stuff that you and I went through with the Ukraine impeachment uh, hoax back in the day where, you know, you were attacked uh, mercilessly by these fools and creeps. Um, well, look, in the last uh, week, uh, all the major networks, you have, John, not a little bit of coverage, zero coverage of the Devin Archer testimony. Zero. Not a little bit, not some, zero. And that's the goal of the left. The goal is to keep, and that's why when we say our mission is to keep the internet open and give people their voices back, that's what we wake up every morning and stay up all night to do to give people their voices back because, you know, we are under assault in this country by big tech oligarchs, the left, that want to keep the internet pipes shut down so that they can do exactly what we see them doing this week, which is keep really important vital information that 20 years ago, John, when you were a young journalist and I was just starting in politics, 
it wouldn't have mattered, uh, even though the, the, the most journalists were, were center left, this would be a major scandal. And it would be all over the place. And Biden would not be at a 38 percent approval rating. He'd be at probably an 8 percent approval rating and he'd be gone. He'd be gone from office. Um, And that's what that's what would be happening. DOJ and FBI would not be getting away with what they're getting away with. But we are living in this propaganda media state. Very dangerous times, John. Uh, we could go on and on, but um, but I, I know you had other people to interview for your podcast. But I think you're on to something, and I want to finish up with something in a second about five lies that we could have known in 2019, but we were deprived of them. But before we do that, um, I want to talk about uh, the social media evolution of, of basically disappearing conservative opinions from the dialogue is really cured by this. There is uh, a, a ancillary complicit uh, news media that does this. And I'm, I'm just playing off the breaking news that just occurred a few seconds ago. So just the news just broke. Uh, I had this a news alert that went out that President Trump won a ruling in the D.C. Uh, January 6th case. The federal judge sided with him, rejected Jack Smith's um, request for a sweeping protective order and, and approved the one that Trump's lawyers had uh, opposed. This is clearly a win. Listen, in the old days, if you called balls and strikes as a journalist, it's a win for Trump. Now, there are going to be losses for Trump, I'm sure, in the court, too. But I'm looking at the Associated Press, where I spent 20 years of my career uh, doing journalism. And when I was there, we really were the neutral balls and strikes. But their headline is completely misleading right now. And I, I think it plays in, not only do we have censorship, we have a hijacking of stories that used to appear neutral. The headline that just came out, so it's important. The judge rejected Jack Smith's protective order. It agreed with the exact one that Donald Trump's lawyers drafted. But here's what the headline for the AP says. Judge warns of limits to what Trump can say about election case agrees to limited protective order. Makes it look like Donald Trump lost this ruling. He won this ruling. The protective order that was picked was not Jack Smith's. It was the one that President Trump's own lawyers volunteered. Um, the fact that the media on a daily basis, a media that used to, at least the AP used to call balls and strikes pretty neutrally, um, can't even report a basic win for Donald Trump today neutrally. Just give the people the, the facts. Let them make up their own mind. How frustrating is it? Uh, and what role does your social media platform do in being able to get people the truth that they're being denied, even in basic stories now? Well, John, that's a, that's a great uh, real-time example. So I'm assuming, I haven't looked yet, but I'm assuming uh, Just the News has already posted that to True Social. And I'm sure that it is going all over true social so that you have, you know, millions of people are able to see it now. Imagine where we would have been just, you know, uh, two years ago or really the year and a half ago. You'd post that story to your website if there was no true social. You maybe could put it up to Rumble. Um, if you put it onto Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you were shadow banned so nobody would see it. And so what they would what was it what would be in front of everyone, including the center right, who already don't trust the news, is you would read that headline. And most Americans, even center right, would think, oh, another loss for Trump. You know, man, this is terrible. And that's what they're doing They're By using the propaganda, they're able to not just not, you know, not just using the, the corrupt DOJ and FBI, but also they're able to corrupt and sway the court system. Because, you know, even people that are sitting on juries, judges, I think, are even worried about, you know, getting bashed by, you know, bashed by 50 news media outlets. I mean, this is what we saw in the, you know, during the, the you know, the, the Russia, the early days of the Russia hoax before the censorship was really, really bad. 
we had all of the media lined up against us because every day it was, oh, well, you don't think Donald Trump's a Russian asset? Well, you Republicans in Congress, you must be Russian assets, too, over and over and over again. And you couldn't get the alternative story out. The facts were on, on the side of those of us being false. But you couldn't get them out. They were everywhere you tried to get it out. You got squashed. Right. But even but at least in those days, we were able just a little bit. We had you. We had, you know, four or five. We had Sean Hannity. We had Limbaugh. We had, you know, we had Fox News. You could get it out in 17, 18. So at least enough of the people we used to, you know, we used to joke that, uh, you know, look, at least we have 40 percent of our people. You know, we always had 40 percent because we could effectively communicate with 40 percent. But the left realized that this is what Obama realized. This is why they slowly shut everything down. So by 2019, when Trump was fully exonerated by a corrupt Mueller uh, witch hunt, he was exonerated fully. Most people thought he was guilty. Most people thought he was guilty. And then you fast forward even more. Then you had the Ukraine impeachment hoax. And of course, he was guilty of that. And I would have said the one thing that really bothered me, um, you know, when, when President Trump went for reelection in 2020, you had a majority of the people who still believed that Donald Trump and the Republican Party had done nefarious things with Vladimir Putin and Russia. I mean, this they still do the polling stuff. And that even tells now. you, yeah. Well, they still believe it, but that tells you everything you need to know about how dangerous it is to have a media that is just a propaganda arm and a Gestapo, and then the DOJ and FBI acting as the Gestapo, whether it's you know now targeting Catholics, um, you know, lying about January sixth. You know, holding, you know, whether or not there were, you know, obviously there were we know from I think you're reporting and others that there were there were feds or, you know, undercover officers out there. The Capitol Police didn't even know about it. We know that Trump had said, hey, you want to use the military, you know, couldn't use it. You know, all of these things are still the, the I just believe that generally people just want to know the facts and what's being deprived of the American people right now are the facts. And it leads to very dark places in history to where now, you know, and I think it's not, I think this stuff is all related. Um, you know, when you look what's happening around the globe, you know, look at the things that have happened here. When the U.S., I, I can't, you know, how many times I went overseas, you know, working on intelligence matters, working with, and we'd always say, look, you know, intelligence is important to protect your country, but you can't use it for politics. Well, look. We're the laughing stock. I mean, all the all the people that I used to work with around the globe. I mean, they're like, David, like, is this a joke? Like, you, I mean, you guys are the worst we've ever seen. You, you're way worse than our country has ever done. Uh, where you know, where the where the intelligence agencies, specifically the FBI and the and the, the DOJ, I mean, they are what it's a weaponized intelligence agency is what they've done. And and where where does that lead, John? It leads to. Brazil being able to say, yeah, uh, Bolsonaro, yeah, it was like you lost by like a half percent. You're banned for life from politics. You can never run ever again. Um, it leads to, you know, uh, you know, extremists being able to, we don't know all the, the details yet, but, you know, the opposing uh, candidate in the Ecuador election that I think had a good shot chance to win was murdered just a couple days ago. Uh, the same thing with the, uh, the guy in, uh, in Pakistan. Uh, you know, he's been now uh, where he can't run. What does that sound like, John? It's what they're doing to Donald Trump. That's what they're doing. This is what this Jack Smith thinks about. This 
is madness and it's got to stop. And look, hopefully the Republicans in Congress, I'm glad that, you know, they're focusing on Biden and Hunter Biden. And yes, it's probably the biggest corruption scandal in history, but they have to remember, how was this enabled? That's the real question. Who enabled all this? The Department of Justice and the FBI. They have enabled it. The media, the big tech, and the in the and the uh, establishment. It's a trifecta of of people working together. Elvis Chan's working with the media and the social media, and uh, you, at the FBI, it's just an extraordinary uh, uh, conglomerate. It basically was a conglomerate, you know, that we're working together. And I, I want to finish with. Uh, the extraordinary reversal of the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden story right now, because as a result of that incredible uh, ecosystem you just described of censorship and falsehood, most people went into the 2020 election believing that uh, Joe Biden's family never took money from China. That's one. Two, he never had any meetings with Hunter's business partners. Third thing they thought is he never discussed any business with Hunter uh, Biden. Four, Hunter Biden never did anything illegal. He did that over and over again. And five, the laptop was disinformation. Those were five seminal statements that Joe Biden made in his final job interviews with the American people to get the president. All five of those are now wrong. It took us three years to prove what we could have probably proved in before the election. We know that uh, Hunter Biden was willing to acknowledge he got... Uh, over $3 million in 16 and 17 alone from China, right? He, uh, he, his father had meetings and Devin Archer said phone calls as well. He, uh, he did discuss Hunter, uh, did business with Hunter Biden, including a meeting with a Chinese oligarch. Um, Hunter Biden was uh, prepared to plead guilty to several tax crimes. He did do something illegal, and Hunter Biden's laptop was never disinformation. At the point that those 51 guys wrote that, uh, the FBI had concluded that the laptop was actually already real. They knew it. And Joe Biden, with one question in his briefing, could have ascertained that. The fact that those five lies have been reversed now, at this moment, heading into 2024, obviously we were deprived of that information for 2020. How important is it that those five falsehoods are now exposed to the American people before they vote again in 24? Look, John, it's it's it, there's those five lies, but there's a lot more than that. Right. Yeah. All of this is all of this is important. But the situation that, that they're in uh, is one that is quite, um, you know, that we've never seen in this country before. Um, so that's one of the you know, we're just in uncharted territory here when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to the United States of America, it's just um, something that we've never seen. Um, so there's those lies, John. But 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 look, I, I still go back to DOJ and FBI knew about all of this. They they've known it for years. And 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 by the way, the, the, your colleagues, you know, we talk about the propaganda media. Um, they knew about it too. These people aren't stupid. So what's amazing is they can wake up, look at themselves in the mirror and lie and know they're lying there's and a, not care. There's a moment. And it's almost like we've seen a, a degradation of the human soul um, where where these media people who were trained journalists. Yes, whatever. You're you're left. You believe in socialism you know, or whatever you believe in, in, in higher taxes and big government. It's not that anymore. You believe in like you've been corrupted to the soul. Like, how do you wake up in the morning knowing like like the story you just said, like who decides at the, uh, you know, I think you said the AP to put out something that says that the, uh, you know, judge, you know, uh, you know, targets Trump again. Trump loses again. 
like, what's wrong with you? What goes through your mind? You're, these are sick, sick people. Um, and I think it's the, you know, the, the soul of America is rotting because, you know, our First Amendment rights are being targeted. I mean, hell, the whole Constitution is being targeted here. And there just doesn't seem a quick way out of it. Yeah. I, if you were in Congress now, knowing what we've seen, James Comer unveil, what Jim Jordan has been able to unveil, what we've been able to report at Just the News, and we've got more big things coming down the pike next week. Uh, what is the next step? It doesn't seem like the Republicans have enough support in their caucus yet to move to an impeachment inquiry. Is a select committee a good next step to unify multiple investigations, give it special powers, and put it on the fast track to get the rest of the answers the American people think? Or should these uh, different uh, committees, you got three or four that are doing things on it now, just keep working uh, as they are now? Do you, would a select committee send a little message to the American people to get more serious? Well, I think in, in the in the big picture, like, like most people that are out here in the hinterlands are saying, like, but, you know, especially when you start to get all the facts out. I mean, look, the Hunter Biden issue. I mean, that's a scandal. Why is it a scandal? It's not just that the guy broke the law. Look, a lot of people break gun laws and and launder money and you know don't uh, follow the Foreign Agent Registration Act, and they're held accountable. So what people see is, okay, they weren't held accountable. He hasn't been held accountable. Well. How did that happen? It's a criminal enterprise, John. I mean, ironically, that's that's so that's what the Republicans have to focus on is don't just say that it's not your job to go out and say, well, Hunter Biden did one through five that are all against the law. Yeah, we know that already. Why did that happen? Who did it? Somebody had to instructed DOJ and FBI and all these corrupt prosecutors and FBI agents that were involved in that have to be held accountable. And, and ultimately, what you, guess what you're going to find? You're then going to find a criminal organization. And that's what they're missing here. There's a conspiracy to do this. Ironically, a lot of the indictments that they indicted Trump on in Washington, D.C., defrauding the United States government, that ironically is what so many people within DOJ and FBI, the Clinton campaign, et cetera, should have been prosecuted under. So they take what you were guilty of and they prosecute you for it. So that's what, what I think the Republicans are missing here is everybody knows Hunter Biden broke the law. Everybody knows that probably Joe Biden has this. And look, Comer's done a good job of following the bank records. Ultimately, you're gonna, you're, they're probably going to find that, that this money got back to Joe Biden. I mean, he's lied numerous times. But great. So what are you going to do about the larger criminal enterprise? They didn't do it on their own. And that's what I think they're missing. So whether you create a select committee to do it, but you've got to – you can't just go after the top, you know, the, the head guy. I mean, everybody knows Hunter Biden's guilty. Everybody knows if you, if you, have, you know, half-ass pay attention, everybody knows Biden and his family have all these problems. But how did America get to this point? And if you did, if, so what, Biden's going to be gone. I don't even think he's going to run. Hunter Biden, he'll probably plead to something. So nobody gives a shit about that, John. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's even going to run. But what we care about is, that this never happened again in this country, and you can't begin to repair the soul of the nation until you fix all the problems. So until the people at DOJ and FBI go to jail for leaking to the Washington Post classified information, until we figure out who at the DOJ worked with the Biden administration in order to make sure that Hunter got a good deal, uh, who was it that made sure that, that, that nobody at the FBI or DOJ ever even looked at Biden? Who's doing all that? I know, John. I know who it is. 
I know the top cabal. I mean, some of them no longer work at DOJ and FBI. They need to be held accountable. But there's very few people, um, you know, that it's, it's well known. And that's who the Republicans in Congress, they've got to go turn over all these rocks and figure out who are the plumbers, who are the fixers. These are the people that are destroying America. Yes, at the command of Obama and Biden and all of these, these political actors. But there's really bad people that are controlling the levers of government, uh, the levers of government and the intelligence agencies that are that are allowing this to happen. And then they put it out to the fake news and just to kind of wrap up. And then they put it out on the social media places to where they want it, where it, where it propagates. And then six years later, they'll admit that it was all wrong. Um, there is uh, one thing I'm, I'm certain of, and I've heard this so much when I travel outside of Washington, D.C., if uh, the same system is in place when Republicans run for re-election in November 24. They will have failed in the job that Americans sent them there. They want it. They were sent there in a divided government to use the power of the purse to fix some of these things. The next few months for Republicans in Congress are going to be very consequential. They have an enormous opportunity to create some change or to let the status quo and throw their hands up and it's, uh, proceed and throw their hands up. We'll see which way it is. I know one thing. You never stood for the status quo when you saw something wrong and you were in Congress, Congressman. And that's why we know so much about all of that administrative state silliness that, from Russia collusion to Ukraine to Joe Biden. So great to have you on. Thank you for the update on True Social and also for all of your insights on, on what is really becoming a true scandal, the Biden family scandal. Great to have you on, Devin. Great to be with you, John, as always. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we enjoy you a lot. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back, America. It's been a busy day on the Second Amendment front for those who care about the right to carry a gun. Uh, two big court cases in the last 24 hours. A judge in Colorado halted a new law that was going to take effect that would raise the minimum age for purchasing a gun to 21. That's a big turn. And then on the flip side, the United States Supreme Court voted 5-4 today to reinstate the Biden administration's uh, restrictions on what are known as ghost guns. We've got the perfect guest to referee both of those very big rulings. He's a senior vice president of Gun Owners of America and one of our good friends, Eric Pratt. Eric, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Always good to be with you. Uh, I don't know where to start. Both of these uh, court rulings are very, very big. Let's start with the Supreme Court. I think some people were surprised by the decision by the Supreme Court. You're refereeing of what's going on there. Yeah. So, you know, keep in mind, this is not a decision on the merits. Basically, the court has allowed uh, Biden's gun registration rule to stand for now while the, the case proceeds. Uh, this is a rule that ensures that all gun purchase records or 4473 forms will ultimately wind up at the ATF. That's bad. And the rule bans the selling of firearms parts kits without a background check. That's also bad. You know, ultimately, this ban makes it very hard to make your own guns at home. But you know how much of a crime problem homemade guns are? They are used in fewer crimes than even knives, fists, or hammers. And yet no one is saying that we have an ep epidemic of murders with those items, right? So yeah. clearly this is all about Biden just trying to impose Second Amendment infringements any way that he can. And he's doing it by circumventing Congress. 
The good news is that Gun Owners of America and GOF still have a case moving right. in the Eighth Circuit, which is far more encompassing because our case not only challenges the restrictions on 80% firearms kits, we also tackle the registration part two, which the case that the Supreme <laughs> Court ruled on today does not cover. So stay tuned. We could still get a preliminary injunction on the entire rule yet. Wow. Eric, I want to hone in on the Colorado case as well, because a judge has halted the new gun rule that I believe was embedded in a Senate bill, raising the purchase age limit to 21. Now, I know it's a very tall order to ask lawmakers to think through things uh, and to follow it to its logical conclusion. But I have to think to myself, okay, at 21, you're just now able to drink. But at 18, you were able to smoke and, and put tar into your lungs. You can join the military. I, I, maybe it's me, but I just don't think that they thought that one through. Right. An adult is an adult. You know, not too long ago, I posted a story on my Facebook page about an 18 year old mother who shot a man trying to break into her home. It was an Oklahoma mom. She protected herself and her child with a long gun, which is awesome. Right. But in Colorado, the state legislature and the governor is telling young moms that they're not allowed to protect themselves. They're telling young women, women that it's better for them to be a victim, that they're better off being raped or assaulted than to be able to purchase a firearm like what that Oklahoma mom had. You know, the leftist agenda is disgusting when it comes to firearms because they don't want you to protect yourself. Colorado says they need to enact further infringements on gun rights because of, you know, the Aurora uh, Theater and the Columbine shootings, very tragic. But you know what both of those places had in common? They were gun-free zones where good people were not allowed to have guns. See, that's where killers go. They seek out gun-free zones. Gun control is the problem, not the solution. We don't need more infringements. What we need is more good people carrying guns. That's the answer. Yeah, a lot of people are nodding their head when they hear that. Um, there is another sign on the horizon that uh, Joe Biden's going to take another crack at infringing gun rights. This one with an impending rule change uh, that could expand backdoor universal background registration checks. Um, it's not official yet. Enough leaking to say hey, it seems to be on the on the docket. How important is this? And is this another one that's going to end up in the courts very quickly? Well, this is very important. And what he's trying to move us towards is universal registration. And, you know, sadly, we have to thank uh, Republicans like Mitch McConnell and John Cornyn of Texas, who pushed this ban uh, through, who passed it. it. It would not have passed without Republican support. And now, Joe Biden is taking what they passed last year and he's weaponizing it to uh, turn it into a universal background registration. So, you know, this is something we at Gun Owners of America, we're looking at very carefully. Uh, our lawyers are uh, chomping at the bit because we're going to take this to court as soon as it drops. Eric, I want to make sure we hit something that is is actually really exciting. But um, I want to start from the premise of the fact that there are a lot of politicians, Republicans, too, but mainly Democrats who love to act like they are so very concerned about gun violence in America and that the only solution are the only solutions are gun laws. But I feel like if Democrats and these these few Republicans actually cared about gun violence in America, they would do more things, hold more events 
like gun owners of America did in Detroit. This gun safety and training event for 1,400 women. Gun rights are women's rights, and no one will ever convince me otherwise because oftentimes women are much smaller than men. The only way that we can protect ourselves against an attacker is with a gun. This is so important, and are you guys planning on expanding this beyond Detroit? Well, I, I need to give kudos to Rick Ector of Legally Armed in Detroit. He's the one who has spearheaded this every year for over a decade. Uh, we have been honored at Gun Owners of America to support and sponsor this program that he does. And yes, there are. Uh, we are looking to get this exported uh, to other states. And in fact, uh, we have our own empowered Second Amendment program. Uh, uh, part of Gun Owners of America, which is actually already going into cities and helping to train women. But uh, again, hats off to to Rick Ector. This was a fantastic event. And, uh, you know, uh, empowering women, as you were just talking about, I mean, that's really the key. And, you know, a unintended consequence, I think, of this, but one that's happening, a good consequence, is that hearts and minds are being changed. Uh, I was there yes. in Detroit uh, a week ago, and I will tell you, women are, their minds on gun control are being changed. They're seeing the need for firearms. One uh, woman even lamented, she's a, a, a teacher. She said, I lament having counseled people for years uh, to, to shun firearms. She said, now I see how mm. important it is to have a gun. Things are, are changing and, and that's changing voting patterns too. All right, folks, thanks for joining us today. What a great opportunity. A lot of breaking news. Stay tuned to Just the News. Use the app. Watch the television show tonight. We're going to have a lot more going on. We'll have all of that throughout the weekend. We're going to breaking news all weekend long. So stay tuned. All right, that wraps it up. We'll have a great Saturday edition. Kevin Brock, the former intelligence chief for the FBI, says there's plenty of evidence to open a bribery and money laundering investigation against the, uh, the Biden family. And, oh, we're going to have James Comer as well on Saturday. So, well, the second James Comer interview, the one reacting to today's news, right now you're going to, you got the chance to hear what he said on Wednesday night before this big thing. Seb Gorka's on board. We've got Austin Scott. We've got really amazing guests all weekend long. Dr. Harvey Risch. So tune in Saturday and Sunday. We won't jip you. It's going to be a good podcast. All right, folks. God bless you. I'm going to get running. we got to get the TV show going. Have a good night. Thanks for allowing me to break this news on John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.